So in uh, practice, a sense of uh, why do we suffer? What is suffering, stress? doesn't just mean pain, sickness, death, but the suffering we could do something about, which becomes more apparent when we sit in an open environment, friendly environment, nobody's bothering us, Yeah. Bit of physical discomfort you can move around with, yeah. and yet finding not exactly in misery, but a sense of trying to see is there a way to arrive at harmony where there is this absence of stress, peace, harmony, not so much fantastic pleasure, but peace and harmony where there's a light quality of ease. Nibbanang paramang sukang, nibbana the highest ease. So it's no pressure. And so you know, the Buddha said you know, the prime mover of this is avijja, ignorance, is, called, is the prime condition for dukkha. Uh, ignorance is the translation, not seeing, not getting it, delib- forgetting it, deliberately ignoring it, being, being blinded to it, uh, you know, a certain sort of obscurity around the heart and uh, so this this can be uh, relieved or released and but dependent upon this ignorance as a force of identification clinging craving a pathological thirst to have something or to be something or to be out of it <laughs> or you know this is putting it very bluntly and it's through the relinquishment of that um, very craving that uh, the mind feels the loss of pressure, absence of pressure, ease and things settle into harmony. Now tanha is generally translated as desire but it doesn't quite mean that. There's other kinds of, there's another kind of desire called chanda which covers generally all the tops or everything to do with motivation interest, inclination there's a sense of motivation and this can be quite deliberate and chosen Uh, so it's considered a spiritual faculty motivated desire desire for liberation truth, realization why are we here? because we have desire but the craving or tanha is literally thirst it's something slightly different it's something you don't have any deliberate choice over it just happens it grips you like thirst does you don't say oh I'd like to be thirsty today or I think I'll have some thirst now and I'll stop you're just driven by it this is something that wells up a pathological an instinctive searching for something to you know, be stimulated by. You know, nothing's really wrong, but just something to be stimulated by. And something to feel one is something, one has become something, one is definitely in something, you know. And uh, something agreeable, of course. We found a place to be, we found a secure landing place. It isn't constantly shifting and changing and it needs to be propped up. We've become something. We've arrived at a state of fulfillment. Or or we've just ceased to exist altogether. You know, like, get me out of here. And these two forms, uh, we don't necessarily notice them because of avijja is what you don't notice because one's acting upon them and generally finding some way in which there can be this temporary 
oh yeah, well I got that, that's nice, and you know, I got this, that's good, and oh, another one of those would be good, and you know, the the craving for st- some kind of stimulation can keep moving through the sense fields, sight, sound, touch, and of course, thinking mind, bring up some image of something that stimulates the mind, bright idea. Uh, uh, luscious daydream some kind where I'd like to be or even some great plan I've figured out that gives me a sense of oh yes, got that together I've arrived at somewhere yeah. mm. so this stimulation can occur certainly in meditation we are the mind can be searching for some stimulation as why of course meditation can be extremely boring um, for its lack of stimulation, you generally have to, you know, brighten it up a bit to get it going. <laughs> you know, so you do things to try to get a stronger, stronger quality of feeling or contact. Then you really focus on something, get it. Something to be doing to quell this feeling of craving to be something solid, something useful, something purposeful, something that's definitely going places. So it's a driven becoming, bhavatanha. I want to get to a certain state. If I try hard enough, I'll get to that state. If I work hard enough, I'll get to that state where that's it, got it. If I arrange the world properly, I'll get to that state. If I do all my duties, I'll get to that state. If I make everybody else happy, I'll get to that state. Come on. (laughs) Just this little detail, I'll get that ironed out, then I'll get to that state where everything's just right. It's funny, something else has gone wrong. I just sort that out, and it'll arrive at that state. Then I get this funny memory come out of my mind. I'll just clear that, and I'll be at that state. And then I'll get to this state, and I'll try to figure out what I'm doing, then I'll get to that state. And this this experience I'm having, I try to find out what that really means, which indicates what level I'm at. Then I'll be, yeah, that's where I am. I'm a you know, quarter, halfway, nearly there to stream entry, or halfway there, or three quarters, we're even nowhere near it. At least I know where I am. I'm a miserable patujana, worldling. That's what I am. <laughs> so that's the kind of easy one to settle on. <laughs> doesn't take much effort. But it's not very satisfactory, is it? <laughs> There's this welling up of... I'm supposed to do with my life, you know. Uh, so we just want to arrive at a place of harmony. Uh, and uh, Buddha said, it's actually, although it sounds strange, it's through uh, relinquishing, through the relinquishment of this bhavatanha, craving to be something. Uh, and, uh, of course, the craving to have something. How does that happen? When it's through, fundamentally you begin to recognize you never became anything anyway, did you? You're always on the way to becoming something, (laughs) but you never made it. And that's not like something's gone wrong, that's how it is. (laughs) We're always this kind of fluid, mobile, slightly incomplete, moving on. Isn't that how it is? Uh, So this search for a stable, fixed entity is actually a a misguided search. But there is a quality of harmony which comes when the citta is settled in itself, not in your image of yourself or your personhood, but in its own knowingness, its own steadiness. It's given up this tide of becoming, of moving on to the next thing, because as we begin to explore, there's no such thing as a thing. Everything, everything is really just the process that's changing, isn't it? Sensations change, thoughts change, 
Moods change, emotions change, lights change, sounds change, feelings change. There's no such thing as a thing. There's experiences that look like things, that's the way we interpret them. But, So you even take this very body, which we can experience, well that's pretty solid, isn't it? Okay, well what's a body then? Well, it's an idea of your body, which you can hold, but then it could be, uh, well, you know, a little bit on the skinny side. Opinions start moving in, and and agitation starts occurring around it. Getting a bit old, or uh, agitation. It's It's not solid, it's an agitated impression. You stay with it long enough, it breaks up to an agitated impression of what could be, should be, what will be, what it might be. Well, no, no, let's get back to the thing. Let's get right back to the thing. Okay. Get as direct as you can to it. Well, there's some kind of warmth, I guess. That's a body, and there's a sort of pressures. You know, some pressure here and here. You know, and there's some kind of pulses and flows and breathing in and out that's something and which of those is your body all of them and every one of those is sort of shifting and changing isn't it you know breathing is changing sensations are changing sense of warmth and coolness is fluctuating pulsing uh, uh. What's the thing? Well, we create an idea that manages to somewhat freeze it, lock it. I have this idea, my body, they are, that's nice. That idea is really solid. That's nice and thick. That's a thing. My body. And it may have, my body is too skinny, too short, too fat, but there it is. But that's not your body, that's an idea. That's an idea, isn't it? That's not your body, that's an idea. And you ask somebody else what their idea of your body is, and they probably say something slightly different. Oh, you know, you kind of uh, got nice eyes and you're sort of graceful. What? <laughs> Never noticed that. That's interesting, isn't it? Hmm? Now, if there were no such thing as a thing, there'd be no nothing to get excited about, nothing to have to grab hold of, because there isn't anything to grab hold of. Because there's no such thing as a thing. There's just processes that occur, and even grabbing hold is another process. We get, sometimes we get very tenacious about something, an idea, and we let it go. So that grasping is not even a thing, it's an action. And um, hmm? sometimes you crave food and sometimes you don't. So it's very much all these activities intermeshing, an experience which is made of activities that intermesh. And say, well, well, yeah, so that's interesting. What, how does that make, make me any happier? <laughs> well, you, you might start to step back from all that. And in that stepping back, a kind of relationship is established which is much, isn't driven by tanha. Relationship just like this now. Pleasant, unpleasant. Like this now. This is my mind not liking something. I don't like not liking something. But that's what not, not liking feels like this. And if I just step back from a little, not liking, well, there it goes, it sort of, eventually it lets go. (laughs) 
and things change or my not liking it changes, acceptance comes in or something. And you step back. This viveka, viraga, viveka, disengagement, you step back, viraga, dispassion, something to get gripped on, nothing to get fired up about. We get fired up about our ideas of things, our impressions of things, the way things should be, the way things aren't, the way he is, the way he isn't. Why don't they do it right? Why are they getting it wrong? We get fired up about that. Our mind creates ideas, images, things, which seem to have a very potent pull. Because they're right. In the ideal world, But unfortunately, the ideal world doesn't exist. <laughs> so I'm sure you could probably list the whole series of factors of what you'd ideally like to be. It's not, uh, not that difficult to imagine what you'd like to be as an ideal. You wouldn't have that little nasty, grumpy streak, would you? <laughs> and you wouldn't have that slightly lazy, indulgent attitude. And you wouldn't be so this, that and the other and you'd be totally pure and bright and wise and cheerful and relaxed and efficient, relaxed, efficient, cheerful, compassionate, wise, anything else? You name it, just create a list and this is, oh no, this is impossible. That's right, <laughs> it's impossible. It's all like, but you can create one of these. Oh yeah. And then we can imagine he's like it or she's like it and then, hey, she let me down. You're not my ideal that you, I thought you were. I never said I was. Because <laughs> <laughs> we can create other people to be something. I want you to be my eternal loving something. I want you to be my constant hero. Get me out of your movie. You know, I don't want to be in your... <laughs> this bawa craving to be... To be forms and generates things that cause us suffering then you get fired up about it and then get disappointed with it and then try to find another one now, now it sounds like well you just let it all be chaos not really, not really because you're going to find that with a sense of disengagement and dispassion you listen much more carefully because you know your mind is not oppressed by the sense of what I want things to be, how I want her to be, how I want me to be, how my meditation to be. My meditation was great two years ago. I want it to be like that. <laughs> I want it to be like it is in the book. And so your mind is under pressure. You know, like just loosen up, yeah. But instead of just forming these 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 nicely, attractively clear virtual realities, you step back and don't get fired up about it. That's going to cause you suffering and stress and pressure. But it doesn't mean you know collapse into into meaninglessness or don't make any effort. It means develop this sensitive relationship to what actually is arising now. That's where your harmony comes from. And this is a riddle. A riddle that you're the only one who can solve. Because you're experiencing it. And often there are bits of it that are extremely confusing and challenging that you really don't have to experience at all. <laughs> it doesn't fit into the model of what you like to be and you think this is this is discordant this dukkha it's not very good I don't, I'm proud of that I'm going to cut it out I'm going to cut it out mm. so, no no just back off try to include it all I don't mean enjoy it I don't mean approve of it I just accept the presence of that and see if you can establish a kind of a different relationship where you take the pressure off but you stay tuned in you, you stay 
connected with not so the pressure's off to grab it it's staying listening, attentive and the word again, sympathetic because when we're coming into direct experience there is a quality of feeling that occurs we feel it, it touches us pleasant, agreeable, disagreeable and at that place where you get that sense of agreeable, disagreeable that's your entry point now you may feel I can't do this kind of refined process of focusing my body I feel really fed up with this I really feel fed up with this you know, this is not going to work for me at all How do you, does that experience, is that when you say that, is that agreeable? do you like that? no, no, no I really don't like that feeling of wasting my time ok, that's your point get to that place <laughs> that's what you feel that's the feeling disagreeable, wasting my life, can't meditate Okay, sense that, be aware of that that's a disagreeable feeling isn't it now how are you with that I want to get rid of it the only thing I could possibly do so that I could be a better meditator I wouldn't have to feel this unpleasant feeling of feeling useless no, no, it doesn't work like that it works like you get to the unpleasant feeling of not being able to meditate oh, it's like that (sighs) wow, now just pause and see if you can sense how your, whatever your body feels like now and try to widen your awareness to include the presence of your body, the presence of the emotion the struggle and get the whole picture and uh, stay tuned in and maybe maybe be aware of breathing in and out however that is and relax and things will change because that's their nature now we don't know this we really don't know it it goes against the grain it does not mean that we stay stuck in in a discordant state it means that we open our widen our attention to include body, mind, emotion around the around the feeling tone this feeling tone of not happy not happy, not happy not happy, that's clear isn't it not happy, not happy and we can start to create a story around it, why I'm not happy, you know how I could be happy, why everybody else is happy except me and so on and just feel the feeling tone, not happy and just notice, do you have a body now? what what is that? it's a sort of I've got a strong feeling in my forehead a tension in my forehead and a sort of bit of pressure in my throat rather rigid experience see if you can just stay with that but include your shoulders and your back and your feet and the space around you pause sense what's happening things will move and change things become more liquid again they may not be entirely always what you wanted but things will start to come out of these locked places and start to melt and shift this is then then in that sometimes we begin to recognize it doesn't have to be anything there's a sense in which the jitta can just sort of find a, a disengaged place as contemplating the flow even of disagreeable feeling because it's no longer happening to me <laughs> it's just that this disengagement 
dispassion, cessation, something has stopped. The me stopped. It's just that. And all the personal motivations and the personal interpretations and the personal wish that I'd be another way and the personal sense of being stuck in it, that's gone. Just, this is this. And then, this is called niroda, ceasing. And relinquishment is is the next step, which is just the sense of something begins to relax the whole attitude of becoming something, of being something. <coughs> now one does need a good amount of faith and resilience and I would say energy or, or resourceful energy. Uh, not power, but a certain vitality, a certain fluidity of energy. So it doesn't, you're able to get out of the locked state. Energy can be more fluid than trapped. And as we recognize energy does get trapped, we call it, in the body, we call it tension. Tension is energy frozen, like water becomes a glacier. Then energy, when it's frozen, becomes tension. It's gripped energy. Now, when you get, so it causes physical pain and tension. And very often when we experience this, the attitude is, well, get rid of that tension. How do I get rid of that tension? So we put more energy into it <laughs> to try to get rid of it. The idea is a good one. Well, it's stupid, but it's the, the, the aim is get rid of the tension. So what do you do? You focus on it. You're trying to figure out what it's about. You're trying to tweak this, that, and the other. And what you're doing is putting more energy into it. So it gets a bit tenser. <laughs> you think, I can't do this. I don't get it. I'm really, I'm just a tense person. You know, I'm uptight, karma, I, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just stuck with this for the rest of my life. I can't meditate. It always comes back to that eventually. Whatever you do, you follow it along. It, but it always comes back to the same place you can't meditate. <laughs> and there are thousands of reasons why you can't meditate. And it's really interesting to just notice the, the, you know, the range of reasons why you can't meditate because you're too young, too old, too busy, too tired, too this, too lazy, bad karma, bad upbringing, bad temper, da 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 just messed up all together. You, just, you definitely can't meditate. <laughs> In a way, you're right. I mean, one proves it every day. But, it's, but the thing is, I, I is the problem, not me. <laughs> so when I meditate, then I actually are going the wrong way. Yeah. And we don't know that, because we always operate from I, don't we? And what is it that creates that? <coughs> We don't really know that things happen by themselves without me doing them. <laughs> because, of course, in our, in our normal life, we do things to make them happen. So we, that's the model. Put intention into intention, intention, intention. And generally the more, the more intention, the more volition, the more push, the more impulse you put into something, then the better results. So we think, that sounds right, more the better. So we come to meditate, right, let's put a lot of that in it. This is really important. Mm, it sees up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that you want no intention, but just could that very quality of in- intention, this is not an easy word, is it? But the drive, you could say, could that drive be more intelligent what's really needed for this sometimes what's needed is just to wait, sit back sometimes what's needed is to widen your attitude sometimes what's needed is to bring a quality of goodwill in so it's a supple quality and it's always 
it depends on what you're dealing with and that's what you have to find out you have to find out your problem has to tell you your problem is there to teach you about how to get your 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 drive correct if it falters it's not correct too hard it's not correct too soft it, you, there's a particular fight you have to find it and we don't know that we don't really know what that is and this is a sankara intention is a sankara it's a conditioning energy that has a movement to it and uh, as we begin to review the Buddha's teachings, we say avijja pachaya sankara. Sankara arise dependent on ignorance. Uh, I wonder what that's a funny phrase, isn't it? Avijja pachaya sankara. What's a sankara? Well, intention's one of them. And if if you're, and it's a dependent sense, so dependent on the degree of ignorance that shapes the sankhara that, and the, hmm? so often it's a blindness about our intention or not really in sensitive to what we're aiming at You know, like um, just using a body, for example, just sensing how uh, how 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 fast you have to walk, how hard you have to put your feet on the ground. Could it be light? What's needed? Uh, uh, so this sense of inquiry is encouraged. Uh, being able to moderate intention, because we don't really know what it is. We don't know what another sankara is. Attention. Attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. I mean, it's your attention means strong focus. And the attention that we use, particularly for things we take seriously, is the attention conditioned by words. We have a high degree of respect for words. These contain truths, and they, they do represent, many of them do represent very profound and, cons- and beautiful truths. And the way, we, but the way we experience words is generally written down, isn't it? The serious things are written down. You want to make sure it's written down to get it right, because the spoken word just vanishes. As you hear it, it touches and vanishes. You've forgotten it. A written word you can rely. You can go back and look at it again. There it is. If anything is fixed, this one is fixed. That one has been there. It's going to stay there. I like that. It's not going to disappear. So we depend on the written word. So our attention trained to do this. Pick up pieces of information. And if you notice, uh, well, looking at written words, in order to get the meaning, you. Your attention has to jump along. One letter is not good enough. You've got to one letter, get one word, that's not quite good enough. Get the sentence, that's better, but you really need the whole paragraph to fit that in. In fact, you need the chapter. So your attention scurries to get to the end. So it's generally an attention that focuses on a point and rushes along. That's attention. Now, being attentive, that's what we do. We do it in school. Yeah, and our attention does this. Mm. Or we do it with numbers, you know, arithmetic. Uh, we get a little figure, symbol, another symbol underneath it, a number, squiggle. Da, 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 that equals that. Da, 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 that equals that. So, right? what are we doing? You're looking at little marks on paper. Marks on paper. 
And uh, and you arrive at another mark on a paper, and we think we know something. So this mode of attention. Now, in the time of the Buddha, very little writing at all. And the sense was that if something really, really important, like, like Dhamma, you wouldn't write it down. Because writing is the things like business transactions or something, rather squalid things. For, for Dhamma, you spoke it. And you listened to it. Because there you were, your body was there, her body was there, his body was there. And this sound came up with the resonances, the tone, the emphasis, the pausing. And you've got the whole thing. You've got the feeling for it. You've got not just the information, which might have been something you'd heard already, but you've got the feeling of encouragement, warmth, pausing, gentleness, calm. You've got that. And no page will ever do that for you. And so I say, this is truth when it's come through a body. Because through this, you begin to pick up the tone and your your attention then spreads in a different way you listen and the sounds move along but the tone stays in your heart because what we don't another thing we don't know (laughs) is the chitta can't see anything can't hear anything, can't smell anything. It doesn't know what words mean, but it knows what tones are. It feels tone, it feels warmth, it feels pressure. This jitta experiences tones. So clearly, if you're Thai, look at Thai letters, Meanings jump up at you. I look at it, it's just like pretty little squiggles on paper. Somebody speaks to me in time. But I'm noticing their face. and I think he's encouraging me. <laughs> you know, maybe he's talking about the price of petrol. But uh, in some sense of, well, I feel, you know, you get the tonality of it. And these are emotional tones. And the chitta hears that. Remember, as we were first born, we lived in our mother's wombs, and you hear the tone of the heartbeat. It makes you feel safe, warm, comfortable. You come out, the mother looks at you and smiles and gurgles and babbles at you. You know what she's saying. Probably nothing much. But you feel warmth and affection because your chitta picks up the tone. And we... That's still there. That's that's the language of chitta. It experiences tonalities. Mm-hmm. And that uh, that's the contact impression. The contact is another sankara. <laughs> it means that moment when something strikes your chitta is activated. This activation is the arising of sankara. Something touches the jitta, it stirs. This is sankara. Mm. Now when this is affected by ignorance, mm. uncertainty, not knowing, something touches the jitta, and the jitta feels confused. Feels, you know, because it's, it's trying to not experience something that's touching it. Or it wants it to be something else than what's touching it. So this agitation starts to arise. So it wants to, you know, so we're not clear about contact. Contact just happens, touches. And sometimes it touches pleasant, sometimes it's unpleasant. But the chitta's not going to arrive at harmony by getting agitated about it. It's going to arrive at harmony by opening steadily allowing that contact impression to pass through which it will do 
This is something we don't necessarily know. We try to protect ourselves from unpleasant feeling. It still happens. Some of these unpleasant feelings are deeply unpleasant, feeling of blamed. Very unpleasant. Is there anybody who's never been blamed? <laughs> feeling of having got it wrong. Very unpleasant. Anybody who's never got anything wrong. Unpleasant. It happens. So, you know, whatever you do, you can't ward that off, but you can learn to, okay, feels like this, open to the feeling, get the chitta, the heart, to open to it, and let it move through. So this is something we need to learn about contact. Contact which is touching the heart. Clearly contact touching the body is a slightly different topic, isn't it? You know, you can close the door. You, know, you can put on some mosquito repellent. You can't put any mosquito repellent on your chitta. <laughs> Those little things still get in there and sting. <laughs> There's no doors on it. Unless, of course, you just close it down to try to not feel anything at all. And then, of course, you more or less, you know, where's the liberation in that? Now, attention, something that's so often con conditioned as this point, 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 add the points up, you get the conclusion. That is a sankara. And it's conditioned by, particularly by the eyes, which would do that very well. The eye does that. It goes into little details. The eye doesn't, the eye does that. <coughs> That's just visual consciousness. The ear, the sound, consciousness is rather different. We can hear, now I can hear the sound of the chanting. And there's silence as well. I can hear the silence, the sound of the chanting and the silence. It's my voice, chanting, silence. And if I just go to the whole presentation of sound without giving attention particularly to any detail, there's a quality of just open, harmonious, Nothing. You know, the jitta feels sent steadied in that. And what has happened? Your attention, instead of going to a point, opens and widens. Within that, you're still very attentive, listening very keenly, you're sensitive. You know, if something really strong sound comes in, you might swing your attention to it. But now where your attention goes is now much more under your authority, your chanda, your wish, rather than your craving. <laughs> and, you know, and so, well, actually... This is fine. And the nature of chanda, unlike tanha, is when you, you can fulfill it. You can get what you want in terms of chanda. In terms of your desire to be attentive can be fulfilled. I am attentive. Your desire, your craving to find something to hang on to, never fulfilled. Your craving to have this particular thing and get rid of everything else, never fulfilled. Your craving to have a pleasant feeling and get rid of unpleasant feelings, never fulfilled. <laughs> but your motivation to just be attentive and receptive to it all can be fulfilled. Your desire for that can be fulfilled. 
So, would you like the desire you can fulfill, or the desire you don't fulfill? <laughs> you can't. <laughs> uh, sometimes this may be a foolish question, of course, we don't want tanha. But it's the rise is dependent on ignorance. Ignorance affects attention. Now, if your attention is just compulsive, you know, stuck, rigid, or trying to find a particular thing to focus on, then that attention is motivated by tanha. Find the right thing. And there isn't one. That is going to cause you, and you can put a lot of effort into it, still going to cause you stress and suffering. So your attention, it does that. Now, it's about attention that's flexible. Doesn't mean we can't go down to a tiny point if we wish, or we can go very wide if we wish, or we could draw up close to something, or we could move back. It's flexible. So that's always attention that is appropriate because it's attention that is moderated by the reality of what one is attending to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the attention is moderated by what you're attending to rather than moderated by what I want to have <laughs> or what I think I should be. So when this attention is moderated by I, well, just see what happens. I don't want to have that, this bores me, I don't want to focus on that, I don't want to feel that, why should I get the good bit? So moderating attention, and you're able, this is, this is hearing, listening, it's like this. Sounds come and go, this is seeing. When you moderate your attention, you can recognize within this field of seeing there are particular discrete rupas, shapes, that arise within that, what's worth giving attention to. No, nothing really. No offense, but nothing really. <laughs> then don't you know? Just relax. Then just keep your keep your eyes soft. Something you really need to see, yeah. But what do you need to see now? Soften it. What do you need to conceive of now? Again, the educated person, mindful of facts. There's this and this and this and this. Can I line them up? Three of these is that, two of those is that, you have to this before that, and that means that, and that means it's got a whole list of words to refer to. It gets very busy in there, trying to get all these words right. We plan a lot, we organize a lot, a lot, anything we do, this and that, and that can be adjusted, that, and that be there like that, and that be like that. To get the right thing, and we get rather stressed with it all. So, in your mind consciousness, could you just be aware, relax that process of searching for the right idea, the right thought? listen to the tone your mind's tone is insecure if you're searching just bring some metta in there that's what it needs the tone always tell you what's happening to your citta and you don't get tone through that tight attention you get tone through a, a very wide listening attention and you can get tone through the tactile 
or the bodily sense base. Such as you know when body feels tense or loose or comfortable or supple or discordant or imbalanced. You don't have to think about it, you know it. It knows it, it tells you. Uh, you tend to that feel quite where's my back gone? All right. And then you begin to get a sense of the whole whole body. And you can feel the tone. And it's very um, accurate because whenever you start to suffer, the bodily tone changes. In fact, you may never have really known a whole body yet. (laughs) It's another thing we didn't know (laughs) what a body was. We are very aware of the face and lips occasionally putting things into it. But can you tell me what the your wrist feels like? Uh, yeah. Lower back. You may search for it. Oh, yeah, it's that. But generally, there's only a few pieces that arise in your mind in terms of the day. Mostly your head, perhaps your hands, and probably a little bit down your chest or your belly. And the whole thing is not. You don't even you don't know what a body is. And we don't know what a body is, and you don't know what attention is, and you don't know what intention is. Certain things start to <laughs> happen. You don't know what pausing is, because it's always been get on to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, or remember the last thing, or compare the last thing with the next thing, and plan the thing that could be, and look out for the other thing. And bear this in mind, you don't know what pause means. You know what sitting there not saying anything is, but your mind isn't pausing, it's racing. What am I supposed to do? How am I supposed to do this pause thing anyway? (laughs) Pause means pause. (laughs) But what am I supposed to do to do it? Just just like relax the doing. I feel funny. I feel disoriented. Okay, just wide and soften. Sense your body is here. Whole body. Now you know what pause is. And when you know what pause is, you know what you know what love is. Because it's a quality of sympathetic acceptance of what's arising which you get when your mind is open and you're in this sensitive body your heart tunes into that we didn't know what love was really we knew what affection was maybe or liking things was or passion preferring this to that, I knew what that was, but I didn't know what this quality of just present, steady, no pressure, open, empathy, towards in which you are part of it. It's not, I like her, it's not even I like myself even, but this presence is empathic. It, it feels, and it feels alive, and it feels sensitive and sympathetic. And, and then whatever arises within that is not handled with aggression, is not dismissed, is not rejected, is not compared, is not, oh, get over, get on to the next thing. It's allowed to arise, be felt, and the chitta opens and releases the, the contact impression. So when you know what that is, you know what that quality is, contact, the most vulnerable and provocative experience we have, is something that you're no longer so triggered by, you're no longer so 
you're reactive to. And then you know what liberation is. It's quite important, isn't it? You know what liberation is? Something touches you. Go on, released. Uh-huh. Though all this is encapsulated in this sankara, sankara is contact, attention, intention. Contact. Attention, the way our mind focuses on something, and intention, the way it wishes, where it wants to go. It wants to go, or it wants to pull away, or it wants to hurry up, or it wants to avoid, get under, skip it, not feel that. Intention, wriggling, sankara. And those three give you the idea of what you are. You wriggle, you dart, you, you know, it jumps up and down, it gets hurt. It's trying desperately to hold on to something. It sounds like me. <laughs> and it suffers. So the Buddha there is no liberation for the person, but there's liberation from the person, that suffering being. It doesn't come through discarding them, despising them, comparing them, you know, getting involved. It comes from the dispassionate acceptance, presence, non-formation of these compulsive drives to get, to have, to get it right, to get to the next thing to get to the point that I want to have and hold it and get there through the relaxation of that. (coughs) And he says, uh, something that has to be, you know, we we get the ideas, oh, sounds good. Really try to get the tone of of what's being expressed. This is a thorough, it's a gradual process, it's a very sensitive process. It's a process that sometimes defies your logic. (laughs) This is why, you know, real liberation is rather rare, because it, it goes against our normal way of operating. To get, to have, to get that one thing, to get it right. And to get even meditation right, and get Buddhism right, and get it all right. Now we're all right. <laughs> We've got the greatest thing going, you know. And I can do it. It's got a suffering, too much pressure, too much I, too much holding on. Too many views and opinions. Too much insecurity. Not enough. Love. Openness. Sensitivity. Reference to the thing in itself rather than to what I want. More of that. It's generous. It's generous. It's, it opens to experience rather than tries to categorize it. This release can be practiced. It's not just the one moment flash. It's something you can be systematic about because this is the genius, in my opinion, of the Buddha's teaching. When you get it, you know, you begin to see such factors that don't seem that important, such as, well, the you know, everything's changing, well, so what's that going to do with it? <laughs> and that the quality of attention itself, which we take for granted, is something that can be moderated. 
That's, that's, that's a very practical thing. You can sense something with your eyes and you can widen your focus. You can feel a point in your body and without losing that you can widen your focus. You can feel process. We do breathing meditation, it's not really on a point, it's on a process that opens around the whole on flowing process and we're looking in that for the right tone. When does it become more comfortable, steady, complete? When is it restricted? You know, how does the restriction become eased? How do we get to be more open and, and allow breathing by not getting so intense about it? And these, these are in body meditation. You begin to realize some of this in, this process of uh, of uh, sankara has begun to affect the way your body is. So you don't feel very much, and your breathing doesn't flow. It it's, it it doesn't get pauses. When you don't get pauses, one reason. Is because your body, your breath isn't completing itself. It's just bouncing off your tension. <laughs> you know, it's just coming up to restricted places in your body and bouncing back. So it doesn't really completely uh, flow out. It hits and stops. Hits and stops. Hits and stops. So, okay, where's it? Why is it? Where's the end of the in breath? We say, well, it it should end somewhere in the sky. <laughs> It floats away. Is it coming up to the throat and then that's it? Well, that's where probably where the restriction is. So you widen your attention across that area. A lot of openness, warmth, feeling. Until these areas in your body begin to soften and open. And these are definitely pragmatic, not ideal, not idealistic, but pragmatic exercises that you can do. You can notice the quality of intention, just in, you know, how much how much do you need to just pick a cup up? You know, gripping. No, you, just that's just do what is necessary according with the to the task. How much drive do you need to walk out the door? Just gently, you know. How much effort do you need to put into eating your meal? Is it just scum, 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 scum? Or just, <laughs> what does it take to chew food? Is it chomp it down and get it down? So you be, even on objects like this, you find there's room to come out of your patterns, come out of your habits. And any habit that you come out of, any habit you come out of, you're coming out of I. Me, mine. You know, this is a profound practice. Of course, you know, holding on to spoons and cups and food is... But how do you hold other people? How do you hold your relatives and friends? How do you hold your people you've had disagreements with? Are they still stuck there? So every time you go there, you get this contact impression, oh no, and then you struggle with it, and you don't want to feel the feeling you're having, which is disagreement, irritation, agitation, so you don't want that. And you know, okay, well, have some meta. Boom, 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 go away. <laughs> That's not what love is, really, isn't there? <laughs> it's just be exactly how you are. That's... Let it be. Offering. Do you worry a lot about people? Oh, I wish he wasn't. I wish he would be. Why doesn't he ever grip around that? Ownership. You you can't own. can't control. can't have people be the way you want them to be. Can you get this lesson? Can you realize it doesn't have to be a source of misery and despair, but you could come into a upeka quality, like, okay, well, yeah, he's a little bit wild, but I guess he's 17, and that's what you do, and here I am, and, you know, I've done my best, and 
there it is, I'm not giving up on it, but I'm not going to try to, you know, make so- somebody else's life the way I want them to be. It's, it's, it's quite a lot of generosity in that intention. And then we feel a sense of, uh, you know, something settles in us. So a lot of the time when we're meditating, you know, the mind may be wandering, what you call wandering mind, wandering mind. It's actually doing what it wants to do. It's probably going back to its obsessions. (laughs) And those obsessions will tell you something about your attention, your intention, and your contact. That fascinating idea, that wonderful image I have, how good is that? Let's see it for what it is. Just the dream, just the gesture. That terrible memory, how terrible is it? It's as terrible as my guilt, regret. If I could just be more compassionate, maybe that terrible memory wouldn't be terrible. It'd just be, oh well, I had to learn a lesson. That's enough of that. Compassion comes in. So you're moderating your attitudes and attentions until this, you know, chitta can reveal its true strength, the ability to be open, empathic, and it's it knows how to release the past and not be hurt by it, release the future, not be drawn on by it. As we begin to feel it's a liberation that's definitely, if you get a little bit of this, if you get some of it, then you could say, yes, you've touched it. Your jitta has touched it. And you study the process of how that occurs. You build up a good model for practice. <laughs>